welcome to the Primo House Podcast, the podcast about house music, the genre, and you surrounding it. We are house music. I'm your host, Roberta, and with me is Ms. Cami Garcia. Hello. And of course, our Primo House DJs, Mr. Trey Garcia. Hello, everybody. Anthony Garcia. How's it going? Mr. Dorian Perez. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> and of course, our Primo House Moscow, Moscow mascot, Ms. Daddy Langbadi. And we want to thank everybody out there in the podcast world for joining us once again today. We appreciate your support. And our guest today is Austin's house music sweetheart, Kevin, <laughs> a.k.a. Brother Pate. Pate, Ooh. Pate. What's up, baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Aww. Now, why do they call you um, Austin's music, house music sweetheart? Um, I call him that because he is. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? <laughs> yeah, people think I'm a nice guy, you know. Oh, <laughs> like Sally Sorry, Field. <laughs> I'm usually nice. I try to be. <laughs> That's so You've been super nice to me, man. Like I said, I'm really happy to be uh, having you on the show today. Likewise, man. We love yeah. having you around. I, I'm going to throw this story in real quick. I, I yeah. know it's early for stories, but every time I see Brother Payton at an event, I'm like, this is going to be a chill, nice event. Mm-hmm. It's a nice guy event. <laughs> All right. Glad glad to bring that vibe. That's a, that's a great name to a show, Nice Guy Events. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay in your lane, Dorian. Stay in your lane. We, we, never, oh! would, we never would be invited. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too many jerks. Um so today, actually, we're uh, talking to Brother Pate about his early influences and uh, all the lovely parties that you used to host or that you did host in Austin. Um, and the big debate is digital versus vinyl. So everyone, uh, we are going to ask the golden question, what have you been listening to lately? So let's start with Cammy. Let's not start with Cammy. <laughs> Actually, let's start with our guest, um, Mr. Kevin. What have you been listening to lately? All right. Uh, oh, it's kind of funny. The other night I was trying to do some work at home. I was like, okay, I'm just going to put on this little little podcast. And I found uh, a podcast by uh, Great Lakes Audio. Nice. And it, it sounded really good. So I, was, I was trying to get work done, but I can't kept shazamming like every song on there so uh i think it's iban montoro and jasmine wax uh they were the djs for that um nice i just picked these, up a track by him COVID time. oh yeah okay jasmine wax yeah, yeah. good stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i call them COVID times but uh i discovered you know dennis quinn has been putting out a lot of little random live streams and uh, I really like his Houses Love EP. Uh, uh, I end up shazamming a lot of his live streams as well. Um, seamless Sessions, uh, Crowd Pleaser, really good. Nice. Um, and it's, I, I could go on and on. Uh, and as far as, you know, lately, I'm real proud of my Texas friends, like the Mark, uh, he, he put out a track called 2.0 um the stoned man they've been two of my best tracks and my favorite you know my current uh change the way you feel and love so good i'm really feeling those yeah the stoned uh, we need to have them on the show actually man definitely yeah 
Big yeah, shout their, their out to the major are, influences. Uh, their influences, productions are really yeah. coming together, man. Real solid. Mm-hmm. Nice. So um, that's that's just naming a few right there. Cool. Uh, what about you, Anthony? What are you listening to? Uh, been listening to uh, things here and there, a bunch of promos. I shameless kind of plug. I just uh, put out a mix. So uh, lately during my runs, I've been listening to the mix that I just made for um, Soul, Room, Soul Room Sessions. Oh, for Darius. For uh, Darius Kramer. Yeah, that's so, a, a sick mix. So um, I've been listening to that. I just sent it out to him. So I've been listening to it just to make sure that, you know, it, it came out right. But uh, other than that, I've been listening to a couple of other mixes. One that just came out on House Solid. Um, and there's another one that I've been listening to lately as well. But uh, Great Lakes Audio, that's a, that's a great one. That's Mark Farina's uh, label right there. So there's always some quality stuff on there. So, Yeah. Uh, what about you, Dorian? What are you listening to? Uh, lately, I've been watching uh, everybody else. We've been doing the live streams, but I've been watching a live stream from Dosum. It's called How, uh, House Strike. And, uh, you know, he, he's one of the Spanish guys that... Uh, one of the few Spanish guy, DJs that are out there, but man, he's he's been rocking it. Very nice, very nice. Um, what about you, uh, Trey? Did you forget my name? Yeah, I go look at the notes. Dude, y'all can't see, but no shit. She just looked down at the notes. I was like, who else? Trey, is that French? I've been, you know, I do a lot of a label. Uh, searching right I, I tend to, to love different labels you know infused and from London uh, after fuse record label uh, but lately I've been on Vato's Locals uh, Vato's Locals does like more minimal stuff um, oh. but they have a great packaging and uh, one of their artists Sacro uh, I've been listening to uh, EP from them uh, again Sacro from Vato's Locals love it um, but we were talking about De La Soul earlier we we, uh, we were actually listening to him on the way over here um, again, y'all can't see, but Roberta has a uh, De La Soul shirt on and from well, Three Feet High and Rising. So one of my that's top top five favorite records right there. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's actually my favorite album of all time. Nice. It's kind of hard to pick one, but if I was going to pick one, it would be that. Cool. Yeah, I uh, the stakes is high. It is a a little higher on the charts for me personally, but mm-hmm. but I think Anthony made the point about. Uh, Three Feet High and Rising was just kind of like the, the introductory record for De La Soul and like around that same time like Leaders of the New School were out uh, Tribe of course so it was this whole sound from, from the Northeast that was just pretty amazing so I love it it, it, yeah. it bleeds in through all of our music today so and what about you Cammy? did you say you were listening to anything today uh, no other than uh, since we just did our minimal podcast uh, dug back into um, DJ Coves and it was a good time. You're going to be a minimal house DJ yet. Dude. <laughs> hey, and then oh, I don't even want to get into it, actually. <laughs> so I've actually been listening to, uh, I always listen to random whatever I'm feeling every day. It just changes. But the, I always uh, like to mention uh, the last thing that I heard today. So the last thing that I heard today. La bouche. <laughs> really, no, that one. Oh my God. That was so annoying. No, uh, that was, but um, it was uh, Dial My Heart by the boys. Do you guys remember that little group? They were little boys, like the 90s. And uh, the song is called Dial My Heart. Very kind of new edition kind of sound. Um, oh, it's great. really going on over there in the Garcia household. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's the last thing that I heard. Besides, Besides Le, uh, Le, Le Sweet Dreams. Holy. Well, I hate that song. And it was on in my car. 
but I can't get it out of my head. And I was like, Anthony, you know, it's time. I can't get it out of my damn head. And he started laughing. So. You know, they say it's, sometimes it's uh, to get the song out of your head, you have to sing it out loud and then it goes away. <laughs> Sweet dreams of me. Oh, not, not right now. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Singing the Brady Bunch theme song also helps. information about the podcast and the Primo House DJs, visit primohouse.com. And we're back. We've got Kevin here with us from Austin, Brother Pate. Um, Kevin, you play a wide variety of styles. What were your early influences? Well, I'm pretty lucky because my older brother was a DJ He's five years older than me, and that's actually why I go by Brother Pate. And uh, it's funny. He dated this girl in Dallas from Chicago. She had a shoebox full of these cassette tapes recorded from the radio. And I've heard that that brought house music to Dallas. And on those tapes, it was a hot mix five, but uh, Farley Jackmaster Funk was on there. Julian Jumpin' Perez was like that. Um I've always loved Louis Vega, Derek Carter, uh, love Tony Humphreys. So I just try to borrow from those. I do my best impersonation of those guys, you know, some kind of blend of all that. So those are my biggest influences. And I also love hip hop, disco. So I I draw from all that. Nice. That's awesome. I am. My mom lived in Dallas. I always wonder, and I know, I know she used to go to the underground raves and stuff in Dallas because I've seen pictures mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. but I think hers was like more of a new wave than it was house because she was like mm-hmm. all gothed out. Yeah, um, I think I yeah. with her. Okay. <laughs> 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 but I, I always wonder like uh, in Dallas, like when that kind of started happening because I, I, I know that ecstasy started in the U.S. with like New York and Dallas, like that, mm-hmm. those were the two mm-hmm. hot spots. So I, I always wonder like when house kind of got started. Um. There was also a DJ there uh, named Gogo Mike. He was playing at the Start Club, and that would have been in the mid '80s. And that's when Ecstasy was really going. You know, mm-hmm. they—I think they used to sell it there at the bar. If you can believe that at the club. <laughs> you know? That timeline so, sounds. I can't. Right. Have, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I watched a document. supposedly. Go ahead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're probably going to mention that documentary, but I think there was a night, it was the night before they were going to make, make it illegal, and they were just putting it out in cups on the bar. Whoa, holy cow. It. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw like a 60 might... Minutes with my mom, and she was like, it puts holes in your brain? And I looked at her, and I was like, mother. Mom, why are you concerned? <laughs> what ecstasy did you do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and back then, that uh, ecstasy was so much better than what it is now. Not that I'm speaking from experience, but yeah, for sure, it was it was way better back then. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's what I hear. <laughs> Not exactly press releases on it. How the fuck you know that, Dorian? <laughs> I just read drug.org and I know. It's a lot of research. <laughs> Saw my friends doing it's it, funny. no good friends. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Losers. Hey man, uh, I was curious. You said that you lived uh, you lived in the Bay Area. I, I lived there in mm-hmm. from ninety five to ninety nine, and then again from oh um, four to seven. What years were you there? Okay, 
I was there from 01 to 07, and then 2010. Oh, right on. Yeah, the yeah, definitely. You were overlap. there during some good years. Oh man, the best. It shaped me, mm-hmm. you know, honestly. It shaped me musically and and as a DJ. It took a while for the for the for me to uh, truly hone in on on what I learned from there. Like I was playing drum and bass for a long mm-hmm. time, but it, it took a while mm-hmm. for the house to really take effect on me to be able to learn the artistry of it and play it out. So yeah, Bay Area mm-hmm. is everything for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the Bay Area. It's so rich in DJ culture and all that. Kevin, uh, can you tell us, talk to us a little bit about um, just the scene in Austin and how you got started doing the parties at Austin Den? Well, so I moved, I actually moved to Austin in 94. And that's when I met Brett Johnson and, and Thurman Jackson. And there was, there were a few other guys, uh, Mike C, Mike Chapman. And we all lived in the same house. And we were all like 20 years old. And I wasn't DJing yet, but being around those guys, I was like, man, I'm going to have to start buying records and playing now. I got turntables in the house and all that. And I'm, I moved away in 97, but I came back in 2014. And then Brett came a couple of years later, and he knew Mickey Spencer. She was the owner of Ossington. And she told Brett, she's like, I want you to do a night at my restaurant. And we have this patio you can set up on. And so initially it was just Brett from like nine to two. And I was, I was going to be there regardless. I was like, man, if you need help setting up, like I'm going to come and hang out and all that. And eventually he just asked me to start playing. And then I became like the resident, you know, a resident with Brett. And that's how that kind of came to be. Yeah. If you haven't been to those parties, they're really fun. Trey, uh, would you describe those parties for us? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think Austin Deng does a great job, um, you know, giving you that that side room experience that a lot of successful venues have, right? We, we tried it here with Brooklynite, and it was successful. Uh, I know down in McAllen, they have a side room at Thress, which mm-hmm. is uh, another dope experience. And um, in, in California as well, there were a few places that did that. I, I think Austin Deng figured it out, and that little low ceiling out there and the, uh, mm-hmm. the sound system that y'all provide – the mm. the camaraderie of all the people that come around it's just a haven a den of just spiritual house music when you walk in that place and i've been there a couple of times uh fortunately and great flipping time every time and, and and one of the greatest pieces of it is walking in there and seeing you know big name djs sitting in the in the corner just chilling listening to the music i mean some of some of them are friends luckily unfortunately so um it's just a great place to meet and show up and you know you're going to run into your family no, I was uh, I was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna have it looks like we're gonna have to find another place to do the the Thursday night uh, secret garden party because I'm not sure if you guys heard but Austin Den sold so oh, oh they did did not hear that yeah we're Man. gonna be we're, we're fuck gonna that be plug I just you know, did just kidding next spot <laughs> no no I know no I'm kidding no so, I mean that's how it's going right that's kind of the we don't know what it's gonna look like after this is all over with so mm-hmm. uh, we know that y'all will. Yeah. Y'all have a wonderful following, and we wish you all the luck mm-hmm. with that, man. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that, man, and, and we we appreciate everybody that's that's come come there. And, you know, hopefully we can we can transfer that somewhere else. It, it probably won't be the same, but hopefully it can be at least closer. Hell know? yeah! I don't want to bring up old shit, but I think Anthony and I are supposed to play there. I'm just saying, Dorian yeah. too. You know, what I mean, I'm not, <laughs> not bringing up old shit. <laughs> I, I know how to find you guys. <laughs> so. 
can you talk to us about the Austin scene a little bit and how it differs from other places you've lived? In Austin, it's like you can be who you want to be. Um, think back in the day, I guess because, you know, you wouldn't think Austin would exist in the middle of, of Texas, you know. But I think with the university always being there, it always kind of, you know, provided a good environment for people to do, you know, some counterculture kind of stuff. Like there was a big, big psychedelic rock movement there back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. There was a big beat movement, a hippie movement. So it's always been kind of a free-spirited type of place. And, and used to be a lot of stuff. Eventually, house music kind of kind of took hold, and people just love music there. And I think it's it's just a great environment for that type of stuff. So I get that they love you know? music there, right? And that's how all those movements started. But house music mm-hmm. per se, or house music in that city, is not the sound of Austin, right? Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. It's. It took a while for house music to kind of to kind of take hold there, but I think it's it's good to go now, so to speak. Awesome. How do you think yeah, you guys I, managed I, to do I that? I always talk to, to, to Trey about this. Uh, you know, every time I, I played in Austin, I played at, you know, Vulcan Gas Company and Ethics and stuff like that. And, it, you know, you start your night out and it, it's nine o'clock at night and people are ready to go. It's it's that's completely different from from most cities that are out there, you know, where people really don't show up till 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Where in Austin, it's completely mm-hmm. different. They're they're ready to go from the very beginning of the night all the way till you know two or three a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that for sure. Young people. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I know us us millennials. <laughs> or is it we millennial we? <laughs> Stupid. Y'all. Um, how do you how do, yeah y'all? How do you think you guys were able to um I, I mean I don't know if you were able to witness the, I I mean you were there since 04 so you probably witnessed you know um house not having popularity and then it kind of taking mm-hmm. hold how how do you think that happened? You know it was it was if you ask me personally which you I guess you just did yep. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm never gonna brag but you know like I brag and. Mickey having space just all kind of came together. It, you know, I remember the, and it took a while, the first six months, you know, we didn't, we weren't really sure. We always, we always felt that we had a good chance to build something up and it, it, it took a while, but it, it finally happened. But I think that environment, you know, Trey was, was touching on the, the sound in there, like just the, the room, it was, it, it just had a good sound to it. Um, it was decorated real stylish with those, you know, kind of Chinese lanterns on the ceiling that you see in all the pictures. And I think another thing, it was it was away from the, the dirty sixth street. It was on the, you know, the east side. And I think people like that more. There's no coverage charge. I mean, you, you would pay for the drinks there for sure. But it just all kind of came together. And I really give a lot of credit to Brett mickey for doing that i think they were just they were just the right combination you know for sure and also i think well before before all this covid stuff like things were really ramping up in austin like you had all these people moving from new york and people coming from california and they were all into house music and stuff and i know they they were looking for for places you know to hear good house music and everything and i think they just started finding out of 
about it and it just grew and grew. So the places off of uh, off of the beaten path on the east side there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think at one point there were uh, this is true 121 people a day were moving to Austin. That was yeah. uh, from 2018 Ooh. to right up to the end of 20, 2019. Yeah. Dorian was getting a little hot over there. He's like, oh, those people moving, buying houses. Uh, <laughs> some money I'm losing out on now. <laughs> oh. yeah. He's in real estate. <laughs> I'm in real estate, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think about it, I'm like, hey, well, it's 66 a day here, dude. That's what? still, yeah. And it's in San Antonio, for those of you who haven't, don't know that. She didn't figure it out. All right. All right. Now we're going to move on to the big debate. Digital versus vinyl. Who's got opinions? What do you have to say? Let's start with Anthony. Anthony. Actually, I really love this about Anthony. Um, so this story, like, he's like, yeah, we were playing records while everybody else was playing CDs and making fun of us for still hauling around records. Then we were still playing CDs when everybody else had thumb drives and making fun Uh of us for still having CDs, (laughs) which I think is kind of beautiful because Anthony held on to vinyl for so long that he's so proficient at it. Um, But, you know, you'll rarely see him lug around his vinyl anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, Anthony, can you tell me why? uh, Just what are your opinions and how was that transition for you? I love playing vinyl. It's, it's probably my favorite medium to play on. Uh, I think that's why it took me so long to make the switch. Uh, even, you know, when I was producing and we were playing out of town and, you know, like you said, uh, you would make, get made fun of because, you know, everyone, like all the headliners and all that would be playing, you know, on CDs and all that. And we'd be lugging around our record bags uh, and people would be like, you're still playing vinyl? You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I love playing on it. I, I think I love playing on vinyl because it's it's something tangible it's something that i can like feel and hold i think with cds or just digital it it, it feels like there's nothing there so it kind of feels weird djing when there's like you're not lugging around like a big old heavy record bag or like uh you know vinyl sifting through so it took me a while to adjust especially like records because i always remembered songs uh not the names of the songs but by the covers of the records mm-hmm. right so i remember like oh I'm this you know so yeah. i'd always remember the the tracks right away just by looking at the the cover of the of the record so uh it took me a long while but i still love you know playing vinyl uh it is you know <laughs> a little bit not so much of an inconvenience but you know you do have to lug around vinyl it, it is heavy um you know not always when you go and play you know clubs that they have uh you know uh turntables there so I've made the switch, but uh, honestly, now like I, I love playing on MP3. You know, I'm playing uh, on my XDJs, MP3s. Like, uh, I like I like it because I get to get a lot more music, a lot of promo stuff that's not out yet. Uh, I get to play tracks that no one's heard before, so it's kind of fun to you know be able to you know have all that new music. Um, okay. Kevin, what is uh, your preference? Well, all right. So mostly, I play digital now. But I came up on vinyl, and I remember when that's just how it was. If you if you DJed, you started buying records, you know. And there's there's benefits to both. I, I would say if you were really into the culture and you really wanted to be a good day DJ, you would know both, you know. Like one thing that's cool about records is there were only so many that were printed, you know, of certain songs. So that makes it kind of special, almost like baseball cards or something or collector's items. But they they sure are heavy. 
<laughs> but vinyl vinyl sounds really good, but it seems like today if you're going to play vinyl, it's like you might have to be ready to bring your turntables too because mm-hmm. you don't you don't see a lot of clubs anymore that have have the turntables. But I just love the culture, you know, all the scratching and just the the iconic look of the of the turntables and all that. So I would, I would think if you were really dedicated to DJing and the, the culture, like you would know something about vinyl, you know, you at least have a little stack or like a, a crate or something, you, you know. But I, one of the beauties about playing digital is, you know, those thumb drives are so light. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I remember the, I have the three of them in my pocket right now. The, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like nothing. But I remember the first time I played a digital gig, I just like I, I just didn't want to rely on that little thumb drive because I was so used to having a crate of records. But I knew if I, if if I wanted to play at the spot, like I had to I had to learn how to play on the CDJs, mm-hmm. and there's a learning curve for that. Right. When you're coming from vinyl, but it's it's good to know all that stuff. Absolutely, know? my thing. And, go ahead, sorry. One, one last thing, I'll, uh, the, the cool thing about digital is like if you find a track, you can buy it right then and have it in your collection like in yep. five minutes. True like story. you don't have to go to a store or <laughs> anything. You can have it right away. So I could go to Southtown cool. Vinyl and have it at my house in two days. Southtownvinyl.com, <laughs> yeah. plug. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I need, to, I need to talk to Tommy about that. Uh, we can edit that out until he pays up. Uh, yeah man you know my i've been collecting records since i was 10 years old and it wasn't a it wasn't a that i was a dj that was the medium when i was a kid um you know got a little older and you know cds came out i was buying cds of course but i never ever thought even after i started djing that we would ever dj on cds and uh i transitioned from playing on turntables to playing on the old techniques dz 1200 do you remember those the silver with the platter that actually spun. So like the CD, oh, yeah. CDJs today, the platter doesn't spin, but the DZ-1200 spun, and that was the allure for me because I, while I wasn't playing a record and I was propping it, plopping in a CD, I could still feel the uh, emotion of the, the platter spinning, right? So I did that for a while until I realized that uh, nobody respected the DZ-1200s. And I had to get some CDJs. <laughs> yeah, when I started playing on CDs, I would put on vinyl mode. Yeah. And I was so used to yeah. playing records, I would still have the vinyl mm-hmm. mode. So I would physically, Absolutely. Yeah, that's your cue. you know, that's cue you with do. your wrist instead of, you know, tapping on the button. Exactly. I mean, a fun fact, I actually bought my CDJs from Dorian um, years ago. And I still have them. They're still kicking. But, uh, you know, I do also prefer vinyl. Um, I'm a lot stronger than Anthony, so I could carry records and crates around. <laughs> um <laughs> It's not that bad for me. But you're right, Kevin. You're absolutely right. When we were playing, I, we had to take our turntables. I was taking my, that That was uh, you know, ter- sort of the cost of doing business type of thing, and it was a huge risk, right? Because uh, there's not mm-hmm. much more, of course, Roberta, but not much more I love than my techniques. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you just cherish them, and, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a part of history now, and it's, it's a whole culture. You know, you touch on the culture yep. piece of it, but there's so much more to it than just actually putting a record down on it and playing. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I love vinyl. We, you know, Anthony and I both have our setups, and, and we still dig it. Dorian ended up getting newer CDJs, show off. And, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, dude, I, I have the CDJs there as well because, like you said, you know, if you want to be a, a successful DJ, you have to play all mediums. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it, it, it coming from my side of it, you know, um, when I was a kid, I, I I remember having the first uh, record from Michael Jackson. I think it was uh, Thriller, even, and uh, and then 
tapes were out, right? So tapes were the next thing. So I started I started DJing on tapes, right? So then tapes were the next medium, and I've always been kind of like, okay, this is easier than than doing it on on vinyl for me at the time, right? And then after that, you go into I, I went back into the vinyl, right? Because uh, Juice had just came out, the movie Juice, and they were scratching. Hell yeah! Was like, oh yeah! Oh man! Mm-hmm. You know, I needed I needed the the turntable. So then my my parents got them for me, and then my mom, you know, single mom, she was like, oh man, I'm gonna get him these turntables. I got them, and then they went to the wayside. And then once I started seeing digital come out and MP3 files and WAV formats and FLAC and all that. Now I just take an SD card. If if I have the newer CDJs, just an SD card is even smaller than the thumb drive, and it's so much easier to have, you know, hundreds of songs on an SD card and, and not have to worry about you know a misstep or oh I forgot this 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 vinyl track because I, I really wanted to play it that night. You have everything at your fingertips. I want to talk mm. about floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's Dang. so many implications, and this conversation could go on for hours about <laughs> digital versus you know analog or, or vinyl um but there's a there's a place in every different genre for the different mediums right we have our serato djs or tractor djs um the guys that are playing in clubs and they have to play i mean they're playing a minute of a track you know where they're just transitioning to another one and they have to have you know three thousand tracks at their finger at their finger right. fingers so yeah it's uh it's there's there's a time and place for everything um we touched on those DJs before, and I think a couple of previous podcasts about you know the guys that bring the lights and the turntables and the you know everything else, or the guys that show up uh, with the headliner stuff and just a thumb drive in their pocket and rock it out, you know. So, place for everybody, <laughs> but I'd still prefer vinyl. <laughs> well, the sound from vinyl is so much better too. It's just warmer for me. Right. I have this uh, funny story. My son's one of my son's friends was like. He was calling, he was telling Monty, my son, he's like, your dad's a hipster, bro. Your dad's a hipster. I always see him out. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not a hipster. Why am I a hipster? He's like, do you own a record? <laughs> I was you like, back at your wall. Bro, no. I was like, I'm a DJ. He's like, point made. Either. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking told hipster. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what my friends told me when I first started dating Anthony. You know, like, they're like, you can tell he's been a hipster his whole life. And I, was, <laughs> I found his yearbook. It's true, he was. Oh, man. We weren't hipsters. We were hipsters before it was hipsters. Yeah. I take my typewriter to Starbucks like everybody else. <laughs> typewriter. Mm. Nice. Stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we done with that conversation? Does anybody have anything else to add on? No. All right. Good. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Thanks for checking out Primo House Podcast with Cami Ray, Roberta Rinaldi, Anthony Garcia, Trey Garcia, and Dorian Perez. This is what San Antonio culture is about. My name's Rick Lada. I run Sprout Sessions. You can catch some mixes that we've accumulated over the years at over on our Mixcloud page at Sprout Sessions. Thanks for everything you do to make house music what it is. Without the listeners, the dancers, it's nothing. So shall we move on to the lightning round? Lightning round! So, Brother Pate, I'm going to ask you some questions. And I need you to answer the question and without any explanation. Do you understand the rules? All right. right. I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) So question number one. You're stuck on an island. Pick an album that you get to take with you. Yeah, uh, that's easy. Three feet high and rising. <laughs> yeah. nice. Number two, what's your favorite curse word? 
Uh, I have to say fuck. <laughs> you can apply it. You can apply it so many different situations. Four for four. Nice. <laughs> Number three, if you could collaborate on an album or single, who would you do that with? Oh, I would, I would probably have to say Brett, my man Brett Johnson. I knew it. I knew yep. it. Yep. Uh, question number oh, yeah. four: What is your most commonly used emoji? Uh, probably the laugh. The laugh. The laugh piece. with the tear coming Aww. out of the side. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. All right. What is the shittiest gig you've ever played? You can name names. You don't have to name names. Oh. Oh, oh man. Names for. All right. <laughs> Not people. DJ again, ever. Wait, like, sorry, start over. Just, Conveniently just cut start, out. Yeah, start, start over. over. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say shitty people, but one of my least favorite times DJing was when I DJed a wedding. I'm never going to DJ a wedding again. <laughs> Word. That's accurate. You better be pretty special to even ask. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the last question what is the worst track ever requested while you were playing? I'm not saying that you had to play it or anything, but I'm in minus uh, a weddings. This is like at a gig. All right. Actually out. All right. It's not such a bad track, but when I, I used to DJ at Amnesia in, in, uh, in the mission in San Francisco, and we'd get a lot of bachelorette parties in there. Yeah. And I would always get request for baby got back oh, God. <laughs> it's not such a bad it's song that was actually... just, i'm probably not ever gonna nice play that was gonna be the theme song to our podcast actually <laughs> oh, sorry, man. No, i'm kidding no i gotta feel you man. <laughs> that's hilarious that's awesome, awesome man. well thank you so much brother pate for joining us today and for um spending the time with us we appreciate everything yeah thanks for everything you do man you, you're holding it down there in austin and we can't wait till we're, we're out of this and i uh, get to hang out and play again together so you know uh kevin and i played a south by southwest opening event once nice. uh, it was pretty badass that's actually where i met you so good times man and uh kevin did you have anything that you wanted to plug um this episode isn't okay. airing until yeah. august the 5th by, by the way Unfortunately, there's there's really not a lot for me to plug these days. Um, we have the Soul Room Session thing coming up tomorrow. The light, it's an all-day event. Um, and I hope the Coconut Club in Austin survives because that's a really great place. And we have a Friday night monthly, and those guys do it right. Nice. If you guys haven't name. been to Coconut Club, you gotta you got to come up and hang out with us sometime when, when all this is over. <laughs> nice. yes. so. That's a great name. Uh, do you have a SoundCloud or anything, or MixCloud? Or? Yeah, uh, Brother Pate on SoundCloud. Uh, trying to get a couple of more mixes up. That's that, that's really about it. And, do it, baby. Uh, that's all good. Do it. And I, I wanted to say thank you to you guys. Like I, I'm just honored you would even think to ask me to come on your podcast. No, of course, man. We love you. You guys we are love such you, a great and. It just makes me feel good knowing I have friends like y'all in San Antonio. I love coming down there to hang out. Hopefully welcome. we can get together awesome. soon. Yeah, you're always oh, yeah, welcome, man. Yeah. Great job, brother. Thank you so much. Dorian, do we yeah. have any uh, plugs? Hi, guys. Uh, we have a new website. It's www.primohouse.com. Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast platform. We also have some of our DJ mixes on SoundCloud, so make sure to check those out. 
Uh, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. You can find us by searching Primo House. Thank you again, Brother Pate, for joining us. Um, really is always a pleasure to hang out with you and chat with you. Uh, you really are Austin's sweetheart, and you represent our scene well. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Thank you. Yay. Everybody say Woo. bye. All right. We bye, are brother. all house music. Yes, we are. Bye. bye. Have a wonderful time. Bye. Bye. See you next time. I'm waiting to see you in person. Bye. bye.